Hey photographers, today we will hear from another successful business owner who is reaching their financial goals by selling photography. Here's your host, Tavis Guild. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to Selling Photography. This is Tavis and I'm here with my beautiful wife, Amy. Hey guys. So the goal of this podcast, Selling Photography, is that we want to help you monetize your photography business, reach your clients, market to the right people, build your brand, basically build so much value in your brand that clients can't stop investing with you. So whether you're just starting out, you just got your camera or you're a seasoned professional, we hope that through this podcast, we're able to give you some great advice and we'll just all learn together along the way. Yeah. So how are we going to do that? We are going to interview amazing talent all across our industry and just really unpack the little things that gave them an unfair advantage, that gave them that leg up, that really allowed them to thrive in their market, in their area, and in some cases, just all over the country in different parts of the world. And so I I feel like it's unfair that I just get to have these wonderful conversations uh, day in and day out with everyone. Uh, But you guys, the listeners, get to be the beneficiary of all of this great information. But right now, this is episode number one. And you guys are leaving the tarmac with us. We're in our airplane and it is uh, taken off. And because we, my wife is laughing. At, I don't at know why bit. you had to use that airplane analogy, that, but whatever. It was a good, it was a good analogy in my head. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> we're taking off. We're excited for this journey. And because I will be talking a lot uh, with, with these, with our guests and unpacking their worlds, I say, Hey, let's take this opportunity. Episode number one to uh, talk a little bit about our journey, why this is something we're passionate about, what led us here, and then I'll even be adding some crazy value for you guys uh, later on with some of the things we did in our studio that uh, contributed to a great amount of success and and stuff we're we're very proud to share with you. Um, And so let's uh, go back to the beginning, not all the way back, but let's spend a moment with kind of where it began when we became, uh, air quotes for you guys that can't see my hands, professional photographers. And this is back in 2008. Amy, what was going on in 2008? Uh, I would say this story probably reflects a lot of your guys' stories because we just kind of fell into this industry by accident. We never said like, we're going to go get a photography degree and for sure going to be photographers. We actually were both in college at the time in 2008. We were engaged to be married. Then we just started photographing, videoing our friends' weddings just for free or low charge just to get some experience. And my plan was, well, hey, I can be a teacher during the year. During the summer, we can photograph weddings. It'll be a great deal. Well, then this snowball started to happen where we just started to book more and more. And we're like, okay, maybe we just want to do this full time. So I switched gears and actually got my degree in business and Tavis a similar business degree as well. And then we just decided to go full time. So we never had like a different job. And this was our side hustle. We just were in college already. So we just decided we're just going to go for this and go for it full time. Yeah. And so that's where it began. And like Amy said, it really took off from there. I think now we're between 50 to 70 weddings a summer. We still are very active in our in our portrait brands. We have a wedding brand and a uh, family portrait brand that we get to serve many families with, among other things. Uh, As you get to know us, you'll get to know those other things as well. (laughs) Yeah. And when we were in our early 20s, we were photographing a lot of weddings because that is the age we were in. It was comfortable. We had just gotten married. We were familiar 
familiar with it. And as we're getting older, okay, we're not that old, but (laughs) as we're getting older, (laughs) um, we are starting to photograph just more young families. You know, we have two children now as well. Um, Our son was born in 2014 and our daughter in 2016. And around that same time is when we started adding in more businesses. In 2011, we actually started teaching photography classes. So we Mm -hmm. became educators in the industry. Again, we're not, we don't want to talk too much about ourselves but this is the episode to this do it. Is Just, the, yeah. This is the only time that we get to I say know. a little bit, a little okay, bit. Okay, so this is our story, and don't feel like we're going to take over all the episodes like this. I just want to let you know more about us if you've never met us before. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, hey, let's jump ahead, because I want to start giving you guys some value now, and um, I want to talk about some things we did in our studio that, that really moved the needle, that really, um, I'd even say, kind of changed the family tree, like what, what was going to happen in our future and, and whatnot, and so obviously there are many of these, but I'm just going to highlight some of the things that that we walked through that um, served us really well. And so for those of you out there listening, as you're building your business, you're going to have so many stories, just like some of the ones um, we're going to tell you. My goal for right now is, is for you guys to receive this. And here's, you know, what we walked through and some decisions that we made, just be a, uh, have a student's heart. That was, and in fact, that's one of the main things uh, for us. You know, if you were to say, what, what were some of the main things? Is this always just being a student to this industry? You know, there, I've never, I don't ever want to reach a point where I feel like I can't work on my, or I know everything about business or I know everything about just the photography artistry side of it itself. I continually just want to be a student to that. So put on the, give ourselves a student's heart as, as we kind of walk through these things. So go ahead. I will say in the beginning, so our original business model really was a non-existent business model. Mm. We just started photographing and we're like, I don't really know what to charge. I don't know what to include. You know, we were just kind of learning as we were going, which was a great way to get started. We got a lot of experience that way, but we weren't charging nearly enough to make it a career for us in the beginning. We would charge maybe $150 for the session and include all the digitals. And that would include like all the email correspondence, the planning of the session, the session itself. I would come home, edit for hours, get it back to them. And I was basically working my butt off for less than minimum wage after you think about all the hours, you know, and then the cost of doing business with your website and just all the cost of the overhead. In the beginning, we weren't charging nearly enough. We did get a lot of experience. We quickly learned that we were getting burned out, not charging enough. And then Tavis will tell you about some of the major changes we made that really helped us out in our business. Yeah. And that's a perfect segue into a huge one that even to this day, I am chipping away at. Uh, and so the first one for me is money block. These limiting beliefs that I had around money. And, and <laughs> oddly enough, I didn't think that I had money blocks because the money block stopped me from thinking that I even had a money block. And so it was the perpetual circle of, of just not growing in this area. And so um, I had a few breakthroughs with it, though. When, like Amy said, when we were first kind of getting those things going, I would have a, you know, a $300 sale, sell a wedding package for, you know, $1,100 or something like that and think, oh, man, this is where it's at. Let's go get our beach house right now. You know, we're going to be living it up. Um, but little did I know that I had some money blocks and and it was stopping me from being able to truly grow into a business that could flourish and uh, be able to serve my clients well, which I'll get into that a little bit more in a second. Um, but these money blocks, uh, so I remember going to 
I want to say retreat, not a retreat, but going going to a, a, a conference and meeting some some people that would soon become my mentors and people that I just look up to in this industry. And at this conference, I began to hear people talking about what it was that they were doing in the industry, where I would have a sale that would be, you know, at the time, $800, or I think my largest sale walking into that conference was like maybe $2,200 or somewhere in that range. And then they're talking about, you know, an average of $7,000 per client or $10,000 sales, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 sales. And in some cases, $100,000 in a single transaction. And my first reaction to that information was truly like, yeah, right. Come on now. Like, let's let's not fluff this up. You know, let's let's speak true. Let's be real about this. Or did that include what did this include? Did that include a car or something? (laughs) Um, And what was happening is my money block, my ability um, to see what's possible in the industry was continually stopped by my upbringing, by how, by how I was raised, by how I viewed the world. What happened was, is I began, I wasn't meeting my clients where they were at because of that block. And when I identified that, and these are some of the individuals, you know, are at this conference were some of the very individuals that walked me through, you know, removing those blocks and, and just saying, hey, I need to start reprogramming my default thinking when it comes to money that all of a sudden I was able to meet my clients where they were at versus them meeting me where I was at. The, here's the big difference with that, you guys, is that if I have a sale, but I was meeting the client where they were at and they were in tears and loving the experience, all that stuff, then I was more fulfilled. I didn't feel like I missed the mark because it was under my average or blah, 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 anything like that. But instead I said, Hey, I met them where they were at. But in the same breath, if I had a $20,000 transaction with a client and they're again, crying and loving it and all this stuff, we're hugging and all that good stuff. I too was very excited and just like, man, I'm meeting them where they're at. That's how they want to display their family or their wedding or what, or whatever the genre was. And so anyways, I just wanted to share that first little huge learning thing that really actually changed the trajectory of some of the other decisions we made moving forward. Yeah, I think before you can truly make a business plan and know where your business is headed and where you want to go, you have to dream a little bit about what is even possible. Because before we even heard those numbers, I thought, I'm just going to have to like work this hard the rest of my life, you know, selling sessions for cheap. If this is what we want to do, I just thought I just accepted my reality. This is it. But instead, we work backwards and we say, well, this is the life we want. This is how much we need to make. And this is how much we need to make per session. You know, simple as that. So I think um, that conference really changed a lot for both of us, just dreaming a little bit bigger. So that's why we wanted to start off with throwing those numbers out there. So, you know, like larger sales are possible. It is possible to make a living doing photography. Yeah. I'm also preparing you guys because some of the guests we're going to have on here, they are just 
amazing. They have just really done so well in this industry and just elevated uh, parts of this industry and get used to hearing really cool numbers and, and whatnot. Um, obviously, it's not all about the numbers, but it is called selling photography. So we're going to be talking about some numbers. Um, but anyways, let's jump into, I just have a, a couple things outlined that I call some of the, the pillar decisions that we made in our business that, you know, if you were to root back, you know, some of the success that we've had, that you can go back and you, you'll eventually end up at one of these pillars. So the first pillar um, is that we started doing in-person sales. And so if you're out there listening and you're not doing in-person sales, this is in no way a commercial to say, hey, you got to be doing this. But for us, in-person sales served us really well to accomplish the goals that we were trying to do. I, you know, I, I do know other photographers out there that aren't doing in-person sales. And they are accomplishing their financial goals. Um, And so for you, you have to enter into that journey and say, which one is for me? How is this going to work? And uh, for those of you that are even saying, well, what do you mean by in-person sales? Basically selling products or not selling products. Uh, In my mind, everyone's selling in person. And so (laughs) I get a little hung up with that. But ultimately, when we said, hey, I want to start offering products to my clients, there was a big change in what I saw was possible in this industry and also being able to serve my client. Because at the end of the day, and, and don't mishear us, it's not as, as much about us as it is about our clients. How can we serve them well where they're at? And I can tell you that their need to have their family on display and have that constant reminder when they wake up in the morning, who knows what kind of day it is, but their eyes meet this portrait that was maybe created five years ago. And it immediately reminds them of their value system. Hey, this is what matters. These are the people I love. This is why I do what I do. Whatever whatever script is running in their head when they look at that portrait or portraits, um, portraits, we are serving them with with what they want. And, and in some cases, that's exactly what they need. And so... Well, and I think sometimes clients don't even realize how important those items on the wall really are until they have them. And so that's part of our job too, is, you know, knowing our products well and educating our clients. Because I feel like a lot of our clients are programmed like Facebook, like, I just need the digitals. I'm just going to put them online or I'll print my own. I'll make my own album. And then they stick the USB or whatever, Google Drive somewhere and lose <laughs> <laughs> and it's and not lost forever, but in a sense it is, you know, like when I grew up, I had photo albums with my family. I had portraits on the wall. So I grew up with that and I want to give that to my children as well. And as photographers, I feel like it's our duty to be legacy minded and to give people tangible products. So I feel like that, like Tava said, is a way that we are serving our clients well. I love it. Okay, so let's jump to that next uh, pillar decision. And this was actually, this has a story attached to it, kind of polarizing for me, but it, uh, <laughs> but it was important. It had to happen. And it was, um, the pillar is, is removing things from my in-person sales uh, sales area or room. And I remember one of these conferences I went to, there's a gentleman I met named Bill Sorensen. And so I love the guy. Uh, Bill, if you're listening, shout out to yeah, Bill. Shout out to Bill. Uh, you, among with many other people, uh, can, uh, spoke truth to me. And, uh, and you spoke it <laughs> quite sharply. I remember you kind of yelling at me about my prices and stuff. But anyways, the story <laughs> is this, is I invite Bill over to my studio. And, uh, and at the time we were at our home, we were just working out of our living room and we walk into the studio 
And uh, I, I didn't say a word. I let him just kind of look around. And, uh, and he just made some observations. And then I thought, wow, what, what, is, what is Bill thinking here? And I remember him looking at me and, and he goes, Tavis, you are cheap. <laughs> and I'm like, well, okay, where's this going? And he's just like, I know that because your price sheet's sitting on the table right there. And, and I remember him saying something to the effect, and, and I can't directly quote it, but basically he said, Tavis, if I wanted to, instead of hiring you to take my portraits, I could just buy your whole business and then you just work for me and you take all the portraits I want because that's how you're priced is I could walk in here and literally purchase your entire studio. And I, and I got to thinking, I'm like, well, that has to change. <laughs> and so here are some of the decisions that I made my hangout time with Bill. And so one of those things was, uh, is I removed everything that was in my in-person sales area that was smaller than 24 inches. So at the time that it was 24 inches, actually today, if you're to say, Tavis, what's your smallest portrait with an eyesight? It's actually 40 inches. So I, I, as I grew, I removed more and more. But So, we, I, so just clarify, we don't sell five by seven. 8 by 10s, 11 by 14, some of those common tiny sizes. Yeah, so those are not on display. And so I removed that. And I'll get into the psychology of each one of these two. So the reason I removed anything smaller than 24 inches is because the truism is, is that people will buy what they see. And so, and sometimes to a disservice, to what it is that they actually want to accomplish. So this isn't manipulative. This is truly serving the client by representing exactly what it is that they could be investing in that will have the correct impact in their home and or the appropriate size in their home. Anything smaller than 24 inches, if we're talking about something over the, the fireplace, well, <laughs> that's going to be a problem. And so that was the first thing that after my, my time with Bill, the second thing, I removed products and I had this easy rule of what products should I remove? And so it was this, anything that I wasn't authentically passionate about was gone. Um, we removed it completely. And uh, this was the one where my wife was like, Amy here is like, uh, we have thousands of dollars in all of those samples. You know, where, what are you doing with those? <laughs> and so there was some uh, question at hand there. But by removing all the things I wasn't passionate about, it actually stripped our um, what we offer to clients back to truly just a canvas and an album. It was very simple. It actually kind of felt like Christmas morning because now to the clients, I only spoke about uh, products for all of, you know, three or four minutes and then I was done. Um, which when we get into the psychology of that, then all of a sudden, the rest of the conversation you're having with your client is building value into the artistry, which doesn't have a logical anchor point to any one price. It's whatever price we value our art at. And so by taking the focus off of the product really helped me out. And of course, when I did it, I didn't even know, you know why, but now I see this behavior change over time and it's made a really big deal. And the last thing that I changed after spending time with Bill was removing a price sheet. And so here's the thing. Removing a price sheet is not for the faint at heart. <laughs> and so uh, just know that this came with, uh, you know, a lot of other stuff uh, behind it. So before you just say, OK, Tavis has removed the price sheet. Um, I, I really don't want to see uh, you on the struggle bus there. So let's walk through the, the rest of this, this stuff. We won't at this time, but there's more to it. But I remember when I removed the price sheet. It's um, it truly changed the dynamics of the meeting and in a way that 
elevated the experience. And so here's here's kind of a, a little story I tell when we talk about going to a business that has a price sheet versus versus not. And so um, it's important to know that we have aligned ourselves as a luxury company um, when in this industry. And so if you're an economy brand and stuff, this may not apply as much. But for a luxury studio, this is what we're emulating. So imagine yourself going to a restaurant. And this is a fancy restaurant. Like we're talking, you know, there's stuff on the on the menu or what they have offered that you can't pronounce. You're like duck all of something like you, you don't know what's <laughs> going on. So you sit down with your family, you pop open this menu and you're reading through all these things. And when you get to the bottom, you're thinking to yourself, well, I feel like. I might make a bad choice right now because I don't know what these things are. And so what's the first thing you do? The the waiter comes, you know, he's gracious, you know, he offers you drinks, you know, all that good stuff. And then he says, what do you think? And, and we say, well, what would you recommend? Right. Because we don't know. We're at a fancy place in a world that we don't normally enter into and we don't know what to do. And so they say, well, okay, you should go with this and that pairs well with this and blah, 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 all that different stuff. Right. So imagine that experience where basically we were given control of the dining experience and then we like blindly went into it and then asked for his expertise and then he gave it and we're like, okay, well, we'll kind of go with that. Now, how confident are you sitting in that chair at that restaurant with, I mean, how excited are you for that, that plate to get there? Like you're, you're quasi like nervous, you're scared, you're excited, all these emotions because you you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if that's a recommended dish. You don't know anything. And so ultimately the the dining experience is hindered because no one was holding your hand through the process. No one was educating you through through that process. You know, now the waiter may have broken out a couple things and, and shared with you about some of the dishes, but ultimately they let you be in control of your dining experience in a world that you're not familiar with. Now, let's contrast that real quickly. Let's go to a restaurant, same high-end stuff, very known for their, you know, their their food choices, all that good stuff, but we don't get a menu. Instead, we sit down at that table and that waiter comes up and says, the chef has prepared two amazing dishes for you this evening. The first dish is, and he goes through blah, 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 all this different stuff. And then he goes, and the second dish is, you know, the, the duck all or whatever <laughs> and how it's going to, you know, change your life and you're going to grow wings and fly away. You know, whatever he says. Um, he loves and then he, on this episode. And then he says to you, which one of those would be the best fit for you tonight? You have two options. You're choosing between two things. You you love that the chef's recommendations or the chef's preparation for the evening has revolved around that. And you just simply have to say, oh, yeah, you know, I think I like that that first one. And then he says, well, that pairs really well with this wine made, you know, in the Civil War era or so. I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> we basically get immersed into the experience because they are controlling the experience because that's their world. So you, as the person, you know, coming to this restaurant, your whole impression of all of that is next level. Well, in our portrait studios, it's no different. When they come and they sit down, you know, in our room and we're explaining to them, you know, the process and educating them, all that stuff, they are not getting portraits created all the time. And in some cases, it's the first time they've ever had professional photography created And yet we're relinquishing control of that meeting to them when we give them the price sheet and saying, well, now you make a decision. 
about something that you don't, they may not know the difference between metal and acrylics and, and mounted on this and pressed onto that. They, they just won't know that. It's not their world. It's our world. So anyways, that's a little story for you guys when talking about, you know, just your experience, why we don't offer a price sheet. And you could even offer a price sheet, but still cater to that kind of that same story of the restaurant experience and just really keep uh, things where they should be when it comes to um, communicating value and what experience they will have. Yeah, okay. I thought Amy was going to say something. I, um, I don't have anything done. <laughs> well, you're going to add something for this next one because the last pillar we'll talk about um, before we leave you here is systems. We created systems in our business that helped us, protected us, and gave us the ability to grow. And um, And so we have a story about kind of when we first started creating systems and and when we started using them, we didn't realize how valuable they were until this moment. So, Amy, why don't, why don't you share this story of when systems really took hold for us? So, in 2014, we had been married for six years and we had just had our son mm-hmm. in November. When he was four weeks old, I was actually hospitalized for two weeks, which was a super big bummer, a very just painful experience for everybody involved. But the biggest thing that I was concerned about in the moment was like, we do photography full time. This is our job. And we also have an employee. And if we are out of the business, what is going to happen to the business? Like if we're not working, how are we going to make money? And if we're not doing this stuff, how's it going to get done? Mm -hmm. But rewind to before I was hospitalized and we had actually spent a ton of time working on our business, not just in the business, in the business photographing, Mm -hmm. but working on the business on the back end of making systems. And if you're not familiar with what we mean by making systems, I mean, typing up everything and putting like uh, safeguards in place for all the activities in your business so that if something happens to you, you can just call someone and they will take care of it. Or if some, you know, if you want to take a vacation, your employee can take care of all the business. So we worked really hard to put systems in place before that point, not knowing that this was coming, obviously. And so when I was hospitalized, our studio manager just took control. You know, we had a plan in place. So she was writing back to all the emails. She kept booking weddings for us. Money was coming in. The orders were going out. Things were still happening just as if we were in the business, but we actually had to take months off during my recovery. So all that to say, um, systems pretty much saved our business. If that would have happened to us, if we were to run into that and not had those systems in place and the help out, um, you know, it would have been pretty financially detrimental to our life. Um, so we are very thankful that we put in the work on the back end and that, you know, is what we encourage you guys to do as well. It's so fun about a lot of you're like systems fun. What are you talking about? Tavis? <laughs> what's what's fun to think about from our perspective is and instead of being out of our business for for four months because of uh, medical reasons, we now are like, well, let's take a four month vacation or, yeah, or do cup filling things. <laughs> yeah. And so um, so that's where like when when it's like, hey, when I started this conversation, conversation with you guys of what are some of the pillar things that that is a big one is we would not be able to do what we're able to do today without creating those systems. And truly what that has meant is we have surrounded ourselves with an amazing team. And I kid you not, these are our first class people we have working for us that are just 
truly amazing at what they do. And we give them, you know, the systems that we have created. We teach them how to create systems. So they're creating their own systems now. And we just have this wonderful team atmosphere. And uh, it's just something for those of you that are building a studio. If that is is where you envision yourself going, then it is so, so wonderful. Because first of all, you're not doing it alone. You're doing it with a team. And you just get to celebrate all the wins. So in fact, I wouldn't be able to be here with you guys without my team that is surrounding me and, and hanging out. And so I, to, to them, I give uh, all of the, the kudos and trophies and <laughs> all that good stuff because it's all of us that are able to do that. So so recap the three pillars that changed so our the, business. So the three pillars, if, if uh, you're hanging with us here, is uh, we started doing in-person sales. Uh, that was a big one. We removed everything from the IPS area that wasn't necessary, which was canvases. Yeah, basically small things. Yeah. Things we didn't want to sell. We removed products we weren't passionate about. We removed our price sheet. And then, of course, the last pillar, which is what we just talked about, which was systems, just creating those. They're not overnight, but just as you go, having those uh, created. So, you guys, I hope that during our short conversation here that you guys got a little bit of value. They got a little bit of a glimpse into what selling photography is all about and what's going to be really neat is having wonderful conversations with the rock stars of our industry that are just just out there day in and day out just building and growing um, our industry and value and depth and all that good stuff and so if you loved this then it would be the biggest compliment uh, to just give us a subscribe or follow or or wherever you're listening and watching this and uh, there will be a link over to our show notes uh, over at our website. You'll be able to uh, see that. But anyways, I just want to thank you guys for hanging out with us. And I'm excited to be on this journey with you all. Thanks for listening. And we're excited to talk more about selling photography. Woo-hoo. You've been listening to Selling Photography with Tavis Guild, sponsored by Guild Canvas Company, a luxury line of museum quality canvases for photographers, hand painted and easy to clean. Go to guildcanvas.com and click become a client to get started.